Blog Talk Radio. everyone and welcome this evening. It is January 8th of the new year. So I want to welcome everyone and wish you all a happy new year and a healthy new year and all beautiful things to you this new year 2015. I would once again like to thank the founders of the Sacred Network who are here with me this evening for giving me this wonderful opportunity to bring this show to the public where each week we will be talking about Reiki and all things surrounding Reiki, its discovery, roots, practice, and more. Reiki is a universal life force energy. It is an intelligent energy of whole wholeness and love. It understands the cause of problems and what healing is necessary. The Reiki energy has a wisdom of its own, healing and balancing all aspects of a person's mind, body, emotions, and spirit. Reiki is a blessing, an instantaneously conferred sacred potential, and this is for healing, protection, personal, and spiritual development. I'm very happy because the new year, 2015, Reiki Radio, the Violet Reiki Radio, has been on since September of 2013. We celebrated our one-year anniversary this past September of 2014. And now here we are going into 2015, and we are opening up this New Year's show with my very special guest, Franstina of the International House of Reiki. Franz's practical understanding of the Japanese influence on the system of Reiki have allowed students around the world to connect more deeply with this practice. 
Franz is the co-founder of the International House of Reiki with his wife, Bronwyn. He is also the co-author of the critically acclaimed books, The Reiki Sourcebook. The contents of what Franz teaches is formed by what has been practiced in Japan since the early 1900s, long before the system of Reiki left Japan. And the research influences on the system see the five elements of the system of Reiki for more information uh, in his teaching in his book. This particular method includes physical and energy-enhancing exercises to help practitioners delve deeper into their Reiki practice. The earlier teachings consider the system not just to be a hands-on healing practice, but one that also focuses on a student's spiritual path. You can visit Franz and Bronwyn at www.ihreiki.com. Um, if you'd like more information on my website, my practice is called Violet Rose Reiki, and you can visit me at www.violetroseriki.com. You can find me on Facebook at Violet Rose. Uh, feel free to email me at rose at violetrosereiki.com. Uh, also, I have a page on Facebook called Reiki Ward. Reiki Ward was formed almost now three years ago for free distance healing for everyone across the globe, for humans, animals, all over. Um, send us a request. Just type in a request as you would a post on any other wall or page on Facebook. And we'll get it. We'll put it up. We have about four to 500 Reiki practitioners who check the board on a daily basis. And we send distance healing to all the requests that are made of us. And Reiki Ward does two to three rounds of healing every day at a minimum. And we also place these requests on our healing crystal grid for 24-7 energy work and healing. So feel free to check out the page and um, put up your request. It could be for you, a family member, a friend, relative, whatever, uh, and we will get to it ASAP. So let's see who's on the line here. Very Hello, Franz. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you. Very good. So happy to have you back again. Happy to have you opening the year 2015 here on Violet Reiki Radio. I know. It's exciting. Thank you, Rose, for inviting me. You've been a very, very, very busy boy. Have you not? I am. I've been teaching a lot, and um, I'll be teaching in February in Los Angeles and Shimpan class and in Sedona Shimpan class, and then I will also be teaching our first uh, level one Shodan and Okadan level two class in San Francisco. So that will be uh, exciting this year. Is then in April the Shimpan one and two in San Francisco? Uh, the one and two is uh, in February, actually. April in San Francisco is a Shimpton class. Okay. You're in Los Angeles, February 13 to 15, correct? What's that and again? 
You're in Los Angeles. You're teaching Shinzaden in Los Angeles February 13 to 15, correct? That's it, yeah. It's a, it's a three-day class, yeah, 13, and 14, then 15. What, the 16th is the Reiki play day? I know. <laughs> what is, tell us a little bit about the Reiki play day. Well, you know, what I found is that um, those play days is really where we, what we've learned within the system of Reiki, when we can go really deeper into the practice. Because normally in Reiki, one, two, or three, or Shodan, Okudan, or Shimpadan, um, we have kind of need to teach a certain curriculum. But then on these play days, they, we can take these elements and, and really dive deeper into them. Uh, so for me, these play days or intensive days are helping students to uh, keep going with their practice and to take their practice even to a deeper level. That's great. So that's in that's the uh, Los Angeles, February 13, 15, 16, right? Well, yeah, that's on yeah. the 16th, yeah. Mm-hmm. Great. And then you're going to be in Sedona, February 20 to 22nd. Wow. I know, I've never been there, so I'm looking forward to it, yeah. Yeah, that's great. I don't know if I'm going to be able to make that, but I'm I'm certainly certainly going to try one more time, friends. I will get to take a class with you. I swear before I die. <laughs> <laughs> it just I just can't coordinate this. Um, great. So that's your schedule. Um, I know we wanted to discuss tonight, and it's really really a fantastic subject. Uh, Reiki meditation, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, for me, the system of Reiki uh, is really all about meditation. And I think it's a really important element because when we see the system of Reiki as meditation, we can really take our practice to a much more deeper, open space. Um, the word Reiki for me, as a traditional Japanese approach, sometimes people call it spiritual energy or whatever we might call it, but from a traditional approach, it's really our true self. It's our innate great bright light. And so if we want to connect to this beautiful true self, then Mikasui said we have to meditate. And we can really see this within the precepts already. So the precepts, for example, point out to meditation. And meditation for me is really is, is a state of mind, ultimately. So we have to make kind of almost like a distinction between meditation practices and meditation as a state of mind. And a meditation as a state of mind, we can always do because... We always carry our mind with us. We cannot always do hands-on healing. For example, if I walk in the street and I want to do hands-on healing on everybody, I'll be in big trouble. But <laughs> I can walk. I can. I can walk in the street with my mind in a meditative space on the precepts. And it doesn't mean for me meditating zoning out. It's really actually being very, very present. So the mind of meditation 
is really being free of anger and free of worry, uh, being honest and humble and being compassionate. And that really is the quality of our meditative mind. So the precepts for me are pointing out this quality of our true self, what is our meditative mind. And the precepts also, if you look at the word precepts, the word precepts also means instructions. And therefore, it's instructors to be meditative during hands-on healing, to be meditative during the initiation, doing meditative when we chant or focus on the symbols and chant the mantras, being meditative when we practice the traditional meditation practices like Joshin Kokyoho, for example. And if I am in this space of meditation and I walk in the street, then my innate true self has become more open and expanded. So therefore, everybody who walks in the street can, if they want to, access this healing um, and therefore we can always be Reiki so it's not about doing Reiki like doing hands-on healing or doing the meditation but it's really about becoming Reiki does that make sense a little bit Rose well yeah because as you're meditating on Reiki it, when you're in that process you really are aware of that you are Reiki, you're transmitting Reiki, or you really are beaming out that great bright light. So yeah, it's shining out, you know, from like when we do do the practice, you're shining out from within you. And as they say, it shines out from within you through each pore of your body going out into infinity. So yeah, that is great. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, what is really interesting, Mrs. Takata, for example, in a diary pointed this out as well. She calls it like the true energy, what comes from within and what lies at the bottom of our stomach. And, you know, she, she called it true energy, what is the same as kind of true self. So it needs to come from within. And as you say, then we radiate it out to our whole being. And when we radiate it out to our whole being, then we can also see that the hands-on healing aspect is, is really the beginning. Um, as I said, we cannot always do hands-on healing if I sit in a cafe, but I can be that light shining out through the whole cafe. So, you know, it's, it's taking our hands-on healing to a much broader aspect and therefore a much deeper healing aspect as well and, and, a, and on a much grander scale. Right. A lot of people see Reiki or their um, definition of Reiki, what they've heard, what they've read. You know, everybody speaks about hands-on healing process or it's, you know, mm. um, it's it's all about the healing and performing the healing and, and with the hands. And not many people realize that it's not just hands-on healing. We heal the, you can beam Reiki from your eyes, from your breath, but more importantly, and I think this is the most important thing about Reiki and the Reiki practice is that we do it for personal and spiritual development. It's not just the healing. Well, absolutely. Right? And you know what is so interesting, uh, Rose, is that within the precepts, it doesn't say heal the pain in your knee or heal this physical illness. 
it's really about getting rid of your anger and your worry and your fear, being humble and honest. So it's really about yourself. And only the last precept, show compassion to yourself and others, is, and the, the first part is show compassion to yourself, then others. So it's really the last precepts what is talking about helping others because if we still have a lot of anger and worry, we're not being honest and we're not being humble and we don't have that compassion within ourselves, then it becomes very difficult to help other people. Right. And it's so, it's almost like every one of us who do, you know, healing work and, and practice Reiki, we're so concerned with helping others that we just roll right by ourselves, you know, we just, you know, it's, we're not thinking of us first. And I think it could be upbringing. It could be cultural. It could be, you know, whatever that we're taught. Oh, that's very selfish, but it's not, it's, mm -hmm. it's common sense. If, if you don't take care of yourself first, then you're not going to be any good to anyone else. So well, yeah, I think absolutely, with, Rose. Yeah. I think we have to, you know, tell other practitioners and colleagues that it's okay. You know, you can take time off. If you need a day where you don't feel like you're a hundred percent, don't push it. You know, rest. Everybody needs rest yeah. for themselves. You know, sometimes people just keep going and going and going and uh we don't take good enough care of ourselves, I think. In the first place. Well, absolutely. And I think this is this is why uh, Dharma of Reiki is really meditation. So for me, hands-on healing is meditation. Uh, the precepts are meditation. The symbols and mantras are meditation. Reiju or initiation is meditation. Uh, the breathing practices like Joshin Kokyoho are meditation. Mm -hmm. And because also... Um, for example, it's a really clear example. Um, the mind is the most important, and as we already see that, Mikasui pointed it out in the precepts. He's not talking about a physical thing or energetic things we have to experience, but he's talking about the mind. So what we'll say that the body and the energy follows our mind. So if my mind is distracted, my body is distracted, my energy is distracted. And we can already, for example, an angry person, when we see them walking on the street, is not walking in a very relaxed, open manner. So even if that person is angry in their mind, we can see an effect on their body. We can see an effect on their energy. We see the same if that person is worried in their mind. It will have an effect on their energy. It will have an effect on their body. So therefore, energy and the body follows the mind. And this is, for example, when we do hands-on healing and we get distracted by all sorts of things, what we feel, what we experience, or we thinking about yesterday or tomorrow or what's going on today, or we're chatting during hands-on healing, then we're not really in a meditative space. So... If I do a hands-on healing and I think, for example, about Starbucks and having a, a <laughs> brownie after my, after my treatment, my hands-on mm -hmm. healing session, then, of course, my energy is also in Starbucks and my energy is also drinking these hot chocolate or chai latte and, and a chocolate brownie. 
So therefore, if my, my mind is really mindful during the process, really being focused, being in that particular moment, then my energy becomes really wide open and expanded. So if we see hands-on healing as a meditation, and of course the meditative mind is also about non-judging or non-labeling. And again, we can see this uh, within the precepts because as soon as we label, we label things either as good or bad. If we label things as bad, then we worry about it. If we label it as good, we get all excited. But then if something happens as bad, we get worried about it as well. So it's really a meditative mind to be in that open, great, bright light space is really coming from being in that present moment uh, and not getting distracted by idle talk or focusing on something uh, about yesterday or tomorrow or labeling something in the present moment is also a distraction. Yeah, definitely. And I think labeling something in general is a distraction uh, because, you know, the labeling, I think what you're doing also is judging. So absolutely. Yeah. It takes away. Um, and, you know, the old saying energy goes, energy flows where attention goes. So each time your attention is moving away from the moment, moving away from the now, you're taking a piece of that energy away. So it's not at 100%. Right. Well, absolutely. Uh, Rose, in our, in our classes, uh, often I do it in most of our now. I do a little practice with the students where they can actually physically and energetically feel that if they change their mind, that their energy and body becomes either stronger or weaker, that instant moment. And often when I show that in the class, they go, wow, I, I never really thought about this that my mind actually is so important, that my mind has such a big effect on my energy and on my physical body. And therefore, when we learned it already in Reiki 1 or 2 or 3, it doesn't matter, we also start to see how important that state of mind is, that meditative space of mind, what Asui pointed out in the precepts, um, how important it is when we work with the symbols and the mantras and hands-on healing or even Reju, for example. And so meditation for me is, is also using the symbols and mantras within Reiki 2 as a tool for our own meditative practice. So the word mantra, uh, actually, if you look at the root of the word mantra, it actually means... Uh, protecting our mind from straying to the past, present, and future. So therefore, it's about really being mindful. So the sound of the mantra, if we repeat it again and again and again and again and again, then we only focus on that sound, on the rep repetition of this mantra. So they do not get distracted by past, present, and future. And this is the same with the symbol. If we draw it again and again and again in our mind, then our mind cannot go to the past, present, and future. So these tools were really seen as 
self-development tools for meditative practices so that one day we can be that great bright light. Because, again, I cannot always draw symbols and mantras all over the place. Uh, If I sit in a car or if I want to talk to you, I cannot keep chanting a mantra, right? Because then we cannot have conversation. Right. But... If I touch you, I can rest my mind in that openness space of the precept. I can rest my mind in not getting angry and not getting worried. I can rest my mind in being humble and honest. And I can rest my mind in being compassionate to myself and others. And so, therefore, that is really the meditative space what Usui-san was pointing out. Right, right. Work, you know... Meditate on self, actually, you know, it, and, and we say it now, too, because it's like everything comes from within. I think too many people keep looking outwardly for the answer or keep looking outwardly uh, to find the answer that will make them better. And that's not where you find it. Instead of going to an outside well, source. Well, absolutely, Rose. And I think all the masters of old uh, pointed this all out, that it is really self-inquiry what helps us to rediscover our true self. And this is also why uh, the level two in Japan is called Okudan. And Okudan translates as inner teachings or hidden teachings. And it's really about finding what is hidden inside of ourselves. And and what it is pointing out is is the essence of the precepts, what is already hidden deep inside of ourselves, but we have become distracted. So therefore, we need to use these tools to also power our own inner great bright light. So Okudan, inner teachings, hidden teachings, therefore the tools taught traditionally in Okudan were for our own hidden inner potential so that we can lay it bare is that great bright light. And Shinbuddhan means teach. It doesn't say anything about teaching, but what it really says about, it's about rediscovering the mystery of life, the mystery of the universe. And again, you know, like it, it needs to come from inside of us. And uh, Mrs. Takada was pointing this out already in her own teachings in her uh, diary, for example, where she said it needs to come from within. Uh, but I think, as she said before, we, we often focus so externally. And I always think it's, the, the one reason is that because going within is very scary. Sometimes it can be really difficult because when we start to meditate with the precepts, we suddenly realize, oh, actually, I'm a real angry person. Or, wow, I worry a lot. Or, wow, I'm actually not really compassionate. Or, I have lots of other issues. So, seeing the system that traditionally was meant as a spiritual, meditative practice for our own rediscovery of our true self can be very confrontational. And I think this is why, over time, a lot of these teachings have become so externalized. Because it's much easier to look at someone else's shit than my shit, right? Because that's much harder. That's the whole thing. Nobody really wants to look at themselves. They'll they'll talk about 
you know, okay, I'm going to this person and they're going to help me because the the bottom line is if you fail and if you're not helped and there's no change in you, you can always say, oh, well, that's because my therapist or my guru or my teacher or my whatever, you know, didn't do a good job or, or they, you know, they didn't help me. It's not that I didn't help myself, it's their fault. But when you go within, it's up to you. You are accountable for your own stuff. And nobody, nobody wants to own, I'm sorry I'm going to say it like this, but it's true. Nobody wants to own their shit. <laughs> well, I, I mean, you know, that's true. And, you know, we all have our issues. I've got my yeah. issues, you know, like. Yeah. Hey, I used to be a big drinker, Rose, from when I was 16 till I was 30. And um, I, I do Skype sessions with people. And today I did a Skype session with someone who, uh, it was kind of their celebration of being sober now for, I think, 17 years. And so we talked about it and I said, wow, I'm so happy I stopped drinking. And that, that was a real big issue for me. And to confront that was really right. challenging. But uh, was that back I'm so glad. The original- was that back when you were the original party animal, friends? Yes, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still a party animal without the alcohol. <laughs> right, right. A little bit, little bit more uh, subdued. Yeah. Well, but I, no, think, yeah. I think also spiritual. I think spiritual teachings. You know, when we are in a meditative space, it's not really zoning out, but it's actually uh, being true to who we are. You know, and and. Uh, I think it's such an important element because I, I, I often say this in class, you know, sometimes you hear people talk uh, on videos or in classes and they put on this really spiritual voice and they say, <laughs> well, you know, if they do, they do a conference like that after the conference, they go to the hotel room, they close their door and they go, oh, you know, and they say all these F words right. and S words. Right, and, right. It's not really them, you know. It's 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 a pretend thing, and yeah, I think when I call that bodhisattva syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it, you know, it, it's a bit sad, but I think it's really important that we really see, you know, the system of Reiki as for ourselves. And what is fascinating, the Reiki tree symbol and mantra, what was taught by Usui to only some of his students because he was teaching according to uh, people's spiritual progress. He didn't have like course outlines we have now. He was teaching really to each individual own spiritual progress. So therefore some people uh, learn different things. Uh, Some people learn the Reiki three symbol and mantra, someone not. And Hayashi did the same kind of thing because he taught, uh, Mrs. Takata, the Reiki three symbol and mantra, and some of his students not. And that was because Mrs. Takata uh, was a living student of, of Hayashi. And she really was emphasizing at that time still. Unfortunately, when she died, her, her students didn't really do it. But at that time, in the beginning, she was really still emphasizing that the true energy needed to come from within through meditation practices as we can see from notes, for example, of her diary. And so the Reiki Shimpudan mantra is, if we translate it, it means great bright light. And the quality of it is said is to be empowerment. But over time, this 
this has also become very externalized. So we've now said that, oh, this symbol is about empowering others. But actually, traditionally, this symbol or mantra was about empowering yourself. And what is, right. what is the most beautiful empowerment you can give yourself is to live in a space of no anger, no worry, no fear, of being humble and honest and being compassionate to yourself. So actually, the Reiki tree symbol and mantra is pointing to the precepts. In fact, both are one and the same thing. The, the, the precepts is kind of uh, an intellectual description of the Reiki tree symbol and mantra. It's self-empowerment. Because I cannot empower other people if I haven't empowered myself. I cannot give someone exactly. a cup of tea if I haven't got a cup of tea myself. You know? and, and so therefore, again, it's all really about internal reflection through meditation. Right. We have to start with ourselves because there are a lot of people who will tell you how wonderful they are at this and that and that they teach this and that. And when it comes down to it, if you take a really hard look at that person, you say to yourself, well, wait a minute, they know all about this and they know all about that. And they've taken this course, that course, they're certified, they're licensed, they're whatever. However, how come it doesn't apply to them? Why is this individual all messed up? And uh, my ex-husband was one for noticing that in people. And first I was like, what? And he said, yeah, think about it. And I started looking at people. You know what? He has a point. Because we knew some people. He's like, well, if they know all of that, why are they a mess? <laughs> so it's like, well, yeah, I mean, it, it, it starts with you. Absolutely. you know. And I think Miku Sui, uh, when, we, when we look at his story that he – I went to Makarama and meditated for 21 days and then experienced Reiki or his true self, um, that was a very difficult practice. I mean, think about it, sitting on this mountaintop, meditating, no food, no water for 21 days. That is a really That's tough a practice. Lot. So that means, that means also, Rose, that, that he would have prepared himself for many years before that, because we cannot really do that. So one of the things for my own spiritual journey that I train with Japanese Shingon priest and Shigendo priest to find out what Mikusui was practicing himself. Uh, one of my teachers has done this 21 meditation, uh, no eating and no drinking. Uh, so, you know, we've had wonderful conversations about that. And so therefore I can really see what Usu was practicing himself and, and how that would have affected his teachings. But um, I think it already started to change to much more external teachings uh, through Hayashi. And for example, Hiroshi Doi and Yakuta Ninomoto, they, they all now say that really what even in Japan is practiced by most teachers um, comes from Hayashi and is really what you call Hayashi Reiki instead of Usui Reiki. And when we, for me, that therefore, I prefer to train with more traditional teachers uh, who practice Shugendo and Shingon and Tendai to see what Usui himself was practicing, not what Hayashi was doing and making it more external, but really trying to take it back into a more internal approach. 
and I just started to um, uh, write a new book, actually, Rose. This is Ooh. the first time I kind of publicly announced it. Um, I hope uh, this time I would, this time I, I'm doing it by myself. So um, uh, Brahman is a much better writer than me, but um, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. But it's really about the spiritual side of it. And um, so far I'm really happy with it because for me I think it's such an important thing specifically in this modern world where we have so much violence, we have so much aggression, uh, we we damage the earth so much, you know, I think it's really important that we start to self-empower ourselves and rediscover our true self so that we can pass that heritage on to our children, you know, to the future because it's only through finding our own innate Reiki, our own innate true self through these meditation practices that we really start to change the world around us. That's true. You know, the saying, be the change. Everybody wants change. But if we are not ourselves the change, then it's really going to take longer than it should and it may not even happen if we are not being the change. And if we're not being that great bright light that enlightens and makes people aware that we are the change, then we got a long way to go. So, yeah. Well, absolutely. You know, there's a wonderful story um, a friend once told me, and it's a he told it from a Native American Indian perspective, and uh, it was a story he had heard, you know, uh, many years ago. And he said, uh, Franz, what is it when you see in the dark and you see on the top of the mountain, you see a beautiful fire? What happens? Uh, you know, I said, okay, many people will be drawn to this fire to go like, hey, what's going on in that top of that mountain? We're going to have a look. So this happens. When we connect to our true self more and more, this innate, beautiful, bright light, more and more people will come and have a look and see what you have to offer. Now, here's another thing what he said, and I really like this, is that he said, you know, what happens when people are at that fire, they say, wow, this fire is really beautiful, but now they have to go back down to the village, and they want to take part of that fire with them. So if everybody takes a part of this fire with them, then that fire will die down. And I think this is sometimes happens, you know, when we connect deeper to that true self, and we this beautiful bright light you attract a lot of people but at the same time people say hey but I want part of this but they have to realize that they are it already it's not about my part or your part but it's, it's really about realizing that we all part already of this great bright light and I think you know it's such an important thing because you know now what happened in Paris or in Sydney we had some violence uh, just before Christmas and, uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a really tough world out there, I think, at the moment. And it's not really getting better unless, as you say, we really empower ourselves. And from this self-empowerment, then this light can flow forward. Uh, because if we're still spreading worry and anger and fear and judgment, then we hardly go nowhere. Exactly, exactly. 
it's like I remember remarking to a friend not too long ago that it almost seemed to me that things were getting worse. And it's like, I know we're all working towards a better world and making things better, but I'm telling you the stuff I'm hearing and what's going on, it's like things are getting worse. And they reminded me, well, you know, they always say things have to get worse before they can get better. So it almost seems like we're Mm. in that, in that right now where really getting bad and then after that it's you know got to get better uh but again only yeah, we I, are I, yeah go ahead yeah i think so too rose you know we really need to take that power within ourselves and and you know when i reflected back to the system of reiki i for me really the precepts are the foundation and i always come back to that it's so hard to uh to not be in a space of anger, worry, or fear is very, very difficult. And that's why I think Asui recognized that as well. And that's why he added meditation with the symbols and mantra in it. He added practices like Joshin Kokyoho and Hatsureo in it. He added hands-on healing in it, but, you know, from a very meditative place. And I think we can see this too, for example, if we look at hands-on healing. If I do my hands-on healing and I worry about the right-hand position or I worry if I'm, uh, if I'm going to heal myself or not or I worry if I get better or not or then we're not really in, into that meditative space. You know, and this is the same when I do... So, sorry, and this is the same when I do hands-on healing in front of the tally. Yes, of course, part of it still will work, but... If I watch the telly and I watch news and I do hands-on healing, my mind becomes anxious, right? Or my mind right. becomes excited or my mind becomes worried. So actually wor- working then with energy what is worried because energy follows the mind. So if I watch television and my mind is getting worried, then, of course, my energy has a worried quality to it. And so exactly. to really start to embody the precepts, we need to do hands-on healing from a meditative space is very, very important. Um, and, you know, I, I think for me that is really something what, again, as we pointed out, throughout his whole system, if we uh, look at it really from that angle, and that is hopefully what my book will be about. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, you know, to really to look deeply into the inner teachings of the system of Reiki. Um, for example, what, what I really like, um, if we look at the Honcha uh, Seishinen, the mantras taught in level two, the last character, Nen, means thought, but also means mind. And uh, if, you, if we look at it deeper, it also means heart. And the, the character for heart in Japanese is also mind. So Honsa Seishinen, in a a very short way, means I am right mind. And so Sui was putting these gems in it to saying, what does it mean I'm right mind? Oh, it's the right mind of not being angry or worried or fearful or the right mind of being honest and humble and compassionate. So he's reaffirming again and again and again to the precepts and, and to our innate self. 
but we can only really rediscover our true mind when we connect to our mind. Well, that's the mind, body, soul concept. Yeah. Yes. That, that in that we're total, we're complete. Our mind is our body, which is our soul. And in that we're all one. We're all one complete being. You can't have one separate from the other. Although they knew that in the East. They were aware of that need. I think yeah. here in the West, we're like, oh no, mind is one thing, body's another, soul is another, which we now know and it's getting out there that no, there is no three different things. They all comprise one being. And you know what is what is I think is also important talking about the mind and the body is uh, is a really important element that you know my body when I grow older I, it will fall apart right I will will have issues we cannot deny that or if I fall over I will break something or we cannot always stop this I could have an accident or but we can have the choice that if we get an illness is not always that it is this illness is fixable, but we have a choice if we work with the system of Reiki from the mind space, a meditative mind space, then I have the choice to either be angry about my illness or accept my illness. And accepting doesn't mean giving up. Um, but, you know, like, for example, I've got a student who's in a wheelchair and, you know, he's so badly damaged through his whole being Physically, he, he will probably never walk again. But when he started to apply the system of Reiki as a meditative space, he became very different. And really, his, his wife said to me, Franz, he's become so much kinder, so much happier. He is not angry about sitting in a wheelchair anymore. And I think that, for me, mind healing is the most profound thing because Definitely. you know we all get old. We we cannot stop it. We cannot stop the decay of our body. It's a natural process, but mm-hmm. we can change how we think about it. That is the one thing we can really change, and you know we can um, therefore really apply the system of Reiki as the mind element. And, you know, again, as Sue is pointing out, this again and again, the mind within all the symbols and mantras, we can see the mind. We can see the mind in Joshin Kokiyoho. We can see the mind in hands-on healing if we look deeply. We can see the mind very clearly in the precepts. And we can see the mind also pointed out in the word Reiki itself. Right, right. And it's, you know, when you think about it, yeah, we are all going to get old, but it's the way you mm-hmm. approach it in your mind that, you know, tells you whether you're going to be okay in your older golden years with or without, you know, diseases and breakdowns or not. Because the people, who, we always think we have control. We have no control. Yeah. No human mm-hmm. being has control over you know, what they want to have control over. So and this this lends itself to uh, what they're speaking a lot of now, surrender. You know, before it was acceptance and release and the whole thing, but now it's surrender. 
It just surrender to what will be. And we still, everybody still wants to have that control thing. And it's never going to happen, you know. But talking about the mind, you do have control over your own mind, over your own body, with what you think and how you think. That's what you do have Absolutely. Right. Yeah. You know, and and like, for example, now it's, uh, I live on a mountaintop and it just starts to thunder and lightning around here. So, um, you know, normally I will unplug everything, but we, we, we cannot always control nature, you know, we cannot do it. But I can, I can change my mind to work with it, either see it as a bad thing or a good thing or just as it is. And, you know, if we look at the precepts again, the precepts means seeing things just as it is, without labeling good or bad being in this really open, expanded space. And I think when we start to see things as it is, then the world ultimately becomes a very different place. If we all can do it, all human beings, we can start to see things from an as it is place. Uh, what really Mikasui was pointing out within the precepts and you know, the word Reiki meaning your true self, uh, the word Reiki doesn't mean hands-on healing, but now when we say, oh, I'm doing Reiki, we talk about, oh, I'm doing hands-on healing. But actually, it's about being Reiki. And right. it's the same. We, we, we don't say, I'm doing compassion. We say, I'm, I'll be compassionate. You know? So it's, it's really about changing our mindset into that meditative space of being Reiki instead of, doing Reiki, whatever that might mean. And when we be Reiki, then we ooze that great bright light from all our pores and everything what comes in contact with that can benefit from that if they want to. They don't have to. You know, we become... I I like the symbology in the Reiki tree symbol and mantra, uh, the symbology of the sun and the moon, because the sun shines but is not kind of judging you need to receive two rays you need to receive 10 rays. You, you over there get nothing because you've been naughty. <laughs> you know? uh, right. the, 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 the sun doesn't say that, you know, and, and the sun also doesn't say, oh, uh, when do we shine on you? You need to have some more rays on this, on your pain in your wrist, or you need to have some more rays on the, the pain in your knee, but you don't get any rays on your tummy because I think you're fine there. The sun is not saying that. The sun is just shining. And because of that imagery, Sue was using that as well. You know, be like the sun. Or if we look at the word Reiki, um, there's a lot of imagery of the rain in it. It starts to rain here now, and the rain outside here is not judging anything. It's not saying, hey, Franz, look, over there is a little flower. I give it two drops, and... Next to that flower is a big, massive tree. I gave it, I will give it 20 buckets. The rain is just raining down. And so, but we can only reach that space from being in that space of meditation. And again, I want to reaffirm this, that meditation does not mean closing your eyes and zoning out. Meditation means being completely aware at this present moment in time. Uh, because if we... If we zone out, then most of the time we're zoning out to the past or to the future. Uh, But actually, 
we are so focused on this mindful space right in this moment in time that we're not getting distracted by the present moment, by the future and by the past. That is really meditation. And that is what Usui pointed out as well. Right. And, you know, I'm thinking about when Usui, this was after looking everywhere and doing everything to try and find the meaning of life and went to one of his teachers and said, you know, what must I do to find the meaning of life? And the teacher said, you must die. And it was like, yeah, what? And, but that's exactly what he did. In that 21-day fast, when he when he did the Lotus Sutra, um, he did die. He disconnected himself from what he had learned growing up, what he had been taught, and almost uh, made himself a clean slate. And I guess when the when yes. the slate was finally wiped clean through meditation, that's when he received the satori. Now he was ready to go forth, and he knew what the meaning of life was. And that's where then we have the precepts. So, yeah, it yeah. is much more than hands-on healing. I, I think more so yeah. it's a practice for developing personally and spiritually for a person. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I, I like to come back to that death idea because that is really the death of the ego. And it's, a, it's again, it's a very common practice within Zen Buddhism in Japan or, uh, or a common phrase. The practice is really difficult. Um, uh, it's the same in Shingon, Tendai, Shigendo. It's really the death of the ego because when we let go of the ego, when the ego dies, we have that clean slate. And then there is no labeling. There is no judgment. We just be this open, great, bright light state of mind. And within that, we can let it rain, this spiritual rain, what is pointed out within the word Reiki. And then this rain, can people can take from it whatever they want. You know, it's, it's just being in this very open, expanded state. And, and so therefore, the more we... Go ahead. No, go ahead. It's very much like the teachings uh, nowadays, past, uh, I don't know, 20 years or so, very much like the teachings of Don Miguel Ruiz, who wrote the very popular book, The Four Agreements, because he tells mm-hmm. you in that book, forget the dream that you were taught. It's not your dream. That's somebody else's dream. You follow yeah. your own dream, and this is how you do it. And made perfect sense. I personally found the book life-changing for me after I read it. Mm-hmm. And it makes sense because everybody's trying to follow somebody else's rules of life. Well, if yeah. you're being the great bright light, no light depends on another light to guide it. If you are great bright light, and this is coming from within you, and we all are, then you follow your own bright path, not somebody else's. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, and I think this is such an important thing. And, um, uh, you know, all my my Japanese uh, teachers, uh, they all all emphasize that same thing, you know, like it it is your path, Franz. We cannot, we can only 
help you, but you have to walk that yourself. You know, you have to embody it. You have to internalizing it. And when I talk about Mika Sui's enlightenment and say, oh, let's rediscover Sui's enlightenment, it's still your own enlightenment, but it all comes through meditation, you know, really internalizing Sui's teachings because that, that light comes from inside of us, you know, and it's a, it's a really important element that when we meditate upon the precepts, not just repeating it three times, you know, like if, if it was that easy, do not anger, do not worry, be humble, be honest, show compassion to yourself and others, and we say that three times every day, and we tell everybody to do that for three times every day, <laughs> and the world will be a better place. We know that is not the case, right? No, no. <laughs> if, if it was that magical, we know, you know, and, and it's the same with, we can say, oh, now I'm going to connect to that heavenly energy, or now I'm going to connect to the earth energy, or now I'm going to connect to that great bright light. Those are just empty words if we haven't embodied them. You know, exactly. we have to embody the precepts. We have to embody that great bright light uh, by just saying it once or three times. Eh, we don't get anywhere, you know. It's, it's, it's really sitting down and meditating upon the precepts meditating with the hands on healing, meditating with the symbols and the mantras for your own spiritual development, seeing Reiju as a meditation and practicing the breathing exercises like Joshin Kokyoho and Hatsureo on a very regular basis. Only then the precept starts to ooze from within us. And, you know, then we don't even have to recite in three days because we have or three times we have become them. And and that is, you know, such an important thing. And, I, you know, Rose, what I think, as you were saying, you know, the world is in a bad place at the moment. And we have a choice. As human beings, we have a choice. We, we have the choice to scratch the surface of some teachings by just seeing it very externally. And maybe one day we start to see it externally. But hey, we don't know when we die. I can die tomorrow. I can die today. I can die in 10 years' time. Or we can make that decision now as a human race and we can say, you know what? Fed up with all this war, all this hate, all this crime. I'm going to work at it now from this moment. So just for today in the precepts, it actually means do it right now. Sit in your on your butt right now and practice. Practice the meditation practices because tomorrow it might be too late. Rediscover your true self, your, your innate Reiki right now because tomorrow it might be too late. And when we do that right now, then our hands-on healing, the way we practice the system of Reiki start to be a very different quality. Right. Exactly. Exactly. There's hope, friends. I I think we'll get there. Oh, I think I think you know. I think hopefully, and and this is one of the reasons I wanted to, you know, when you said, "Franz, do you want to speak on my radio show?" What is fantastic, and and congratulations for keeping it up. It's absolutely great, and um, you have some great, fantastic speakers over the last year. Yeah, you know, I, I think. One of the reasons I chose Reiki as meditation because we've come to a point in humanity where we don't have time to wait. No, we don't have time right. to scratch the surface. 
we have to act now. I mean, we're destroying the earth on such a rapid rate. Uh, we have to really empower ourselves now through these meditation practices, Mikra, so we put forward. And I think that is, is you know, if, if I look at the heritage of his teachings, that is really, the, for me, the inner core, the inner heart of his teachings, you know, like really rediscover your true self, your innate Reiki, right now at this moment in time before it is too late. Right. And, you know, there's that saying that uh, I can't think of exactly how it goes, but the whole crux of the of the, the saying is we really, all of us, are afraid of our own power. It's something that we say we're looking for and we want, but in reality, we're afraid of how powerful we can be. Well, I mean, I think uh, you're absolutely right, because if we say the word power, we get already scared, you know. Oh, he's, right. oh don't use the word power, you know, because it's, it's a fearful thing. But I think because also the way we have uh, looked at the word power, traditionally the word power was about wisdom and compassion. Wow. If we rediscover this inner power, this inner wisdom and compassion, the world will be a different place. The way we do hands-on healing will be very different. The way we help ourselves will be very different. The way we help other people will be very different. You know, for me, that is that power. The sun, again, we, we see that imagery within the Reiki tree symbol and mantra, what Asui taught to only a few of his students who, who he felt had the capacity to really understand that. And it was the same with Hayashi. He he only taught it to Mrs. Takata and uh, some of his other students who had really the capacity to understand it, who really saw it as an internal uh, self-development practice and not externally. So when we look at the sun, the sun is really, really powerful, you know, and it, and the sun in these imagery is about wisdom and compassion. We radiate this wisdom, wisdom and compassion onto ourselves and onto other people. And that is really the, the, the meditative message, what Isil was saying. When we rest our mind in that meditative space of no anger, no worry, no fear, being humble and honest and compassionate, that is the ultimate discovery of our true self. Exactly. Exactly. You know, the sun can do really great things as it shines down on crops and, and, and you know, plants and it helps them grow. But if you lie in the sun too long, you'll wind up with a third degree burn and that's not such a good thing. So it's all perception, you know, there's good and bad to everything. And again, you can't live a life where there's just all good or all bad or all negative and all positive. It's it's a balance. And again, as Pamela Miles says, you know, Reiki is balance. It's balancing. It's all about balance. Because yeah. without balance, we're nothing. We can't be too much of this or too much of that or do this too much and not do that enough. You know, it's all. Life is almost like one big balancing act, I think. And a lot of times we lose uh, we lose that, you know, um, that way of thinking. We don't think, oh, yeah, well, I have to get balanced. But I think that's what we all need to do. That's the goal. Have 
balance in your life. Be balanced. Well, absolutely, Rose. And, I, you know, this is why the the second symbol and mantra in the second level of the system of Reiki, uh, the quality of that traditionally was harmony. And harmony is being in harmony with the universe, being in harmony with your mind and body, being in harmony with all sentient beings, uh, being in harmony with heaven and earth. Uh, It's really pointing this out, that balance, what you're talking about, or we can call it harmony, it doesn't matter. And um, we can see, again, the same harmony within that Reiki three symbol and mantra where we have the sun and the moon. It's that coolness and the warmth. What is in harmony? So there's many pointers within Mikosui's teachings what really uh, point us towards being in this harmonious space. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, there's, it, Reiki is so much more than what people think it is. And uh, it, I'm really happy that though we're getting more and more uh, into mainstream people, a lot more people seem to be aware of it, are uh, looking to learn how to practice it. Um, we're growing, I think. Oh, well, absolutely, you know, and I think the more people, you know, I, for example, we had a Reiki center in the city, in Sydney, in this big main street. And we've had it there for years, and one day another Reiki center opened up in the, in the same street, and then a, a natural kind of spa opened up and started to offer Reiki treatments. And, you know, over time, suddenly there were five people doing Reiki teaching and hands-on healing. Um, and someone said, oh, Franz, you know, what do you think? And I said, wow, it's great. I said, what? Yeah, but they take your work away. I said, well, it's not. The more we we have the word Reiki out there, the more people will, hey, what is that? And so, you know, for me, that is such an important element. You know, we cannot always say, oh, this is bad or this is good. It's about showing people that it is around. Yeah, I mean, that, that's so, uh, I love you. Now, that's the first thing that comes into people's mind. Well, well, they're going to take business away from you. Like I was telling somebody once that a lot of times what I do is if uh, I have a client come and they have a chronic condition, uh, I don't say, oh, goody, I'm going to have this client forever, and they'll be coming to me every week for Reiki because, you know, no matter what we do, this is not going to go away completely. Um, I won't say that. I generally will say to that person, look, with what you have, with, with what you're going through, I could attune you to level one Reiki and you can then do your own self-treatment and use it for yourself. And I've been chided because people say, well, why would you say that you're losing the business? I said, Reiki's not about losing business, gaining business or whatever. Reiki is about healing and helping. So if I can help someone, I'm not thinking of my own pocketbook first. I'm here to serve. I'm here to help. I'm here to heal. So, yes, I give them that option. You know, I have I have certain plans for people who come who might need maybe, you know, uh, a lot of treatments or, or multiple treatments weekly or monthly, and, and I have a special sliding scale for that. But if I just feel and know that this particular person coming to me would benefit from learning about Reiki and learning Reiki and being attuned to level one 
Well, by all means, I'm going to give them that as an option too. Well, I mean, Rose, absolutely. You know, and, and I think I think when we look again at the precepts, you know, I, I love the precepts because it's the foundation of the system of Reiki. It's the teachings, or literally a set in stone in his nickel, so his memorial stone. And when we look at the precepts, for example, show compassion to yourself and others. Then we can ask ourselves the question. What is the most compassionate thing we can do for ourselves? The answer is to rediscover our true self. What is the most compassionate thing we can do for another person? The answer is to help them to rediscover their true self. So, you know, by already having these precepts within the system of Reiki, Sue was saying this is the most compassionate thing we can do. The most compassionate thing is rediscovering that we are Reiki, rediscovering, helping another person to rediscover that they are Reiki. That is empowerment. This is self-empowerment, you know, and it's it's such an important element, absolutely. It would be so great if we all could empower ourselves and then after empowering ourselves, empower one another. And I think that is the true definition of we are all one. It's not about we are all one and, you know, because we're all one and we all love each other, I can go around having, you know, sexual relations with whoever I want because we're all one. That's not it. It's empowering yourself and others. That makes us Mm -hmm. all one, okay? You know, we can can have all one, whatever works to your advantage. But again, that's the ego coming out. You know, the ego is such a hard thing to control or to kill or to do away with. And ironically, it's the ego that has messed everything up in the world. Because everybody wants to be on top. Everybody wants that power. Everybody wants yeah. to say, hey, I'm the big cheese or whatever. And that's where the problems start. And, yeah, well, everybody... I mean, you know, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> if everybody just, you know, would empower themselves, be that great bright light, shine it, you know, in front and, and on your path so others can can see your path and see you and then help empower everyone else become that bright light. I mean, the world would be such a beautiful place. Oh, absolutely. And and that's why, you know, I I said already, Rose, before we can make a decision, you know, we, we have the power to make that decision. So I just practice or teach system of Reiki as some basic level of hands-on healing also practice or teach the system of Reiki to rediscover my true self and, you know, or, and help other people to rediscover the true self. But again, if I don't have rediscovered my true self, then I cannot help other people to do it. Exactly. And we don't have the time, you know, we, we don't have the time in this day of age. We need to be, become more and more proactive of rediscovering our true self through these uh, I think within the system of Reiki, these beautiful meditation practices with Sui-san, but uh, created and, and taught. But also we can do it to the system of yoga or the system of Tai Chi or the system of Qigong. I always see it like this, Rose. If, if the room, I mean, at the moment, um, it's got like a, quite a few doors, one, two, three doors, and it's got four windows. 
if this room is great bright light, is true self, your innate Reiki, then it doesn't matter if I come through the yoga door, I come through the Reiki door, I come through the Qigong door, as long as I'm in there. You know, like often people say, oh, but Qigong is better than Reiki, or Reiki is better than Qigong, or Reiki energy is higher than this or that. But that, again, is all... Is it, it, just a labeling, that, and it's that's that know, ego. Mine is better than yours. <laughs> oh, absolutely, yeah. Right. And right. you know, well, I, I think we don't have time for that anymore. We we really need to, you know, we particularly. I, I'm emphasizing this for myself. We were just teaching a retreat, and uh, what we always do, like a New Year's retreat, uh, from the second of January to the seventh of January, with students here in Australia. And I'm teaching uh, about three retreats in the U.S. this year, one in Europe. And, you know, for me, these retreats are really uh, important. But the one this year, at the beginning of this year, is for me, was really emphasizing that now has come the time to take ourselves and our practice serious because, you know, we, we cannot go on the way we've been going on uh, in this destructive way with the world and with ourselves uh, and with others. I think it's a really important thing. Right. No, we, we can't keep doing what we've been doing over the years. But, uh, Franz, I am very thankful and very appreciative and very grateful that you agreed to come on again. I love having you on the show. And you know I love you and Bronwyn. And... Uh, I hope we can look forward to having you on again sometime in the future. And yeah, we no should, problem, bro. Good luck with all of these upcoming classes um, in the in the United States, and you know all of what you guys do in the UK. But I'm always excited when you're here because hopefully I get to see you um, in some state of the United States. <laughs> um, and I don't know if you know, but I think I'm going to end this show with. Colin Powell wrote a song called the Gokai song. Did you hear it? Uh, it's lovely. Yeah, I think uh, I've gonna, heard it. Yes. I'm gonna finish the show with that song so our listeners can hear it. I think it's great because I always offer my students the um, option of saying their precepts in Japanese, and they all look at me with this funny look, like, "Are you kidding me?" <laughs> but. <laughs> It's like it's not that hard, guys. And um, Colin, now that he wrote this song, makes it that much easier because as you listen to this catchy little tune, you're learning the precepts in Japanese. And my hope was that people like the tune so much it'll help them, you know, say the precepts every day and meditate on those precepts as they're singing along. So thank you very much, friends. My regards to Ronwin. And we'll be seeing you, you on Facebook. Franz now has his own page on, on Facebook. Look for him there. I, and, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now we don't have to worry. Is this Franz? Is this Franz? Who's, who's writing? Um, and look for um, both Franz and Bronwyn on IHReiki.com, InternationalHouseOfReiki.com. And make sure you go to the... Um, shop because they have all these great things in the shop um you can get uh, their books which are great i highly recommend them and there are meditations there are cds 
I mean, you name it, it's there. Avail yourself of these wonderful things that they they have. And, um, yeah, stop by and visit Franz on, on Facebook or, you know, send them an email on the uh, on their website. Say thank you all for listening, and I hope to see you all next week. And, um, Franz, have a lovely weekend. Thank you, Rose, and thank you for inviting okay. me, and um, good luck with the show, and I'm looking forward to listening to all the other speakers you have this year. Yeah, great. Thanks a lot. Take care. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. Because